Welcome to another round of Drawing Board or Miro Board. Today we discuss technical diagramming with systems architect Maya. Let's go. First question. You've spent 10 hours slogging over a sequence diagram that should have taken five. Drawing Board or Miro Board? Drawing Board. And if I'm being honest, Miro would probably cut that time down by half. You know, with its AI tools and ready-to-go templates. Next, your diagrams become so bulky, it's more complex than the solar system. But all it takes is a few clicks and... It's Miro. I've used those technical shape packs way too many times. And stuff is just digestible on its infinite online canvas. Now, the final question. Everyone's brought in. But you have to make all these tasks all the way over in Jira. But wait, it's done. Is it... Miro. Easy with its two-way Jira sync. Easy to plot dependencies. Everyone always knows what's up. And she's done it. Join over 60 million people creating technical diagrams without workflow glitches. Get your first three boards for free at Miro.com. That's M-I-R-O.com. Hi, this is John Cryer, and I am hosting a new seven-part true crime podcast called Lawyers, Guns, and Money that'll challenge everything you think you know about U.S. covert operations and presidential misconduct. From Jack Bryan, the director of American PSYOP, comes the incredible true story of John Mattis, a newly sworn-in Miami public defender in the 1980s who has found himself completely in over his head. I step off the plane, and there is a van with a couple guys with Uzis. And one of them in broken English said, Welcome to Bogota, John. Mattis's first felony defendant has been arrested for having a machine gun and tells Mattis a dangerous secret. He was shipping arms into Central America on behalf of the CIA as a first-time lawyer, I want to act like I know what I'm doing. But with the help of a Colombian drug smuggler... How much money the CIA raised by hitting up drug dealers? A lot of money, millions of dollars. An Alabama mercenary... They were prepared to die to the last man. I saw this in them. I saw the fire in their eyes. And they made me their war chief. And a newly elected senator, John Kerry... We are looking at allegations of drug running, gun smuggling, conspiracy to commit murder and murder itself. He'll fight to free his client. The judge said, show me in a courtroom how we were at war. Expose an illegal war being run by the White House. I mean, I wanted him involved, but I didn't want to be on record as doing it. And somehow stay alive in the process. I just escaped a kidnapping by the CIA in Costa Rica. This is Lawyers, Guns, and Money. So you have a man in an Armani suit standing in the bow of a boat with a rocket launcher and says, if I lose sight of you, I will launch. You will be vaporized. Available everywhere starting October 29th. Or get it ad-free and early starting October 22nd at lawyersgunsandmoney.supercast.com. There you'll find bonus episodes along with exclusive content. Subscribe now. M-S-W Media. Hello and welcome to The Daily Beans for Wednesday, February 14th, 2024. Today, the Supreme Court has given Jack Smith till Tuesday to respond to Trump's application for a stay in the D.C. immunity case. Justice Angoron is expected to make a ruling in the New York Attorney General civil fraud trial this Friday. 
Oath Keeper Stuart Rhodes's girlfriend, Kelly Sorrell, has been found competent to stand trial for her role in January 6th. A Texas lawyer who poisoned his wife with abortion pills has been sentenced to only 180 days in jail. Trump complains about overpaid lawyers and caps what they can make. And a federal employee union president says reelecting Joe Biden is critical. I'm Allison Gill. And I'm Dana Goldberg. Happy Valentine's Day, my love. Happy Galentine's Day to you too, my love. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Everybody ooh, and everyone out there. <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day or Galentine's Day or sitting at home with your cat's day, which is, you know, my day. Or Valentine's Day. I don't know if there's like a, a boy Valentine <laughs> version, Valentine's Day. Broentine's Day. I Broentine. If you got a bromance going on. If I sound echoey, it's because I'm on the road. I am in Arizona visiting my madre. So uh, thank you for putting... And there's no walls in Arizona. There's no... no, Nowhere. It's all open land. It's open space. It's it's very open, but thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for putting up with the echoes because it's probably pretty echoey in here. Also, happy Wednesday. We can now officially say happy New York Attorney General Civil Fraud Trial Verdict Week to all who celebrate. Nice. Uh, NBC has confirmed that the verdict is coming from Justice Angoron this Friday. Wow. We know the attorney general is asking for, what, $370 million? Yeah. And uh, Justice Angoron might be weighing the potential perjury negotiation plea deal with Alan Weisselberg. Um, He has gotten not stellar reports from fiscal babysitter of the Trump Organization and the Trump Organization (laughs) 2, retired Judge Barbara Jones. So we'll see what he has to say about it on Friday. And the Supreme Court has asked Jack Smith to respond to Trump's application for a stay in the D.C. case by Tuesday, giving him a week, which is longer than I was hoping for. I thought maybe they'd give him a couple days. Now, at the time of this recording, Jack Smith has not yet filed his response, but I think he's going to file his response well before its due date on Tuesday because the Supreme Court has a conference scheduled for this Friday at 10 a.m., not specifically to hear this. They just conference uh, on Fridays at 10 a.m., I guess. Uh, And, you know, Jack Smith probably wants to get this thing fully briefed by then in hopes that we get a decision on the stay next week. Now, Trump can file a reply to Jack Smith's response, But the Supreme Court doesn't have to wait for it. They can decide before he does that. And it would take five votes from the justices to grant the stay. The standards to grant the stay have not been met, in my opinion. And we'll talk about those on on next week's Jack podcast. But the Supreme Court can still decide they want to take up the case and put their, you know, to put their stamp on it. Either way, I believe this trial will go before the election, unless the Supreme Court for some reason grants the stay and then doesn't give Trump a limited amount of time to file his petition for cert. I really doubt that will happen, but Mm -hmm. we'll see. Now, as you know, I hope they deny the stay application because then the DC trial is back on track. The trial would probably take place about three months after this immunity issue is resolved, however it's resolved. So if they deny it, and it's resolved next week or the week after, the trial would start in May or early June. I've been guessing June, so we'll see. I sure hope it happens. Okay, and also, by the way, this Thursday, there'll be a hearing to confirm the trial date for the hush money felonies. So oh, this yeah, is yeah. Trump's world tour. I think they, what did they call it? <laughs> Trump, something Coachella. What did they Trump, call it? Have you Trump seen this? Trump Chella? 
Trumpella or something like that. <laughs> Courtella. That's what it was. It was Courtella. <laughs> this is all his schedule of uh, court dates. It's hysterical. If you haven't seen Courtella meme, look it up. So this Thursday, like I said, is going to be the hearing to confirm the hush money felonies. Trump will be at that hearing, by the way. That trial has time to go if starts in May, but we'll see if the Manhattan DA holds it off in deference to Trump's ability to prep for the DC trial, his other court, one of his other court cases. There's also a hearing Thursday about recusing Fannie Willis in Georgia. All kinds of shit is coming to a head here this week, so we're going to keep an eye on all of it for you. Promise. Jeez. So New York Attorney General verdict Friday. Fannie Willis recusal hearings Thursday. Hush money trial date hearing Thursday. And Jack Smith likely to respond in the immunity case by Friday, though he has till Tuesday. A little till Tuesday for you. All right, let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right, first up from Diana Paulson at NBC, a Lawyers for Trump volunteer whose election conspiracy theory video was shared by one of former President Donald Trump's kids in 2020, was ordered released from the Bureau of Prisons custody last week ahead of her trial on January 6th charges. Kelly Sorrell, you remember her? She was in the parking garage January 5th. Yes, I do. She had been general counsel for the Oath Keepers. She was found incompetent to stand trial over the summer and reported to a federal prison facility on November 27th to undergo mental health treatment so that she could have her competency restored. U.S. District Judge Amit Mehta ordered Sorel released Friday evening after a hearing Thursday at which the government said the Federal Bureau of Prisons evaluation found that Sorel is now competent. Sorel has been held at the Federal Medical Center in Fort Worth, Texas Bureau of Prisons records say. Horatio Aldredge, an attorney representing Kelly Sorel, challenged whether she's actually competent to stand trial at the hearing last week and asked for her team's own independent evaluation. Judge Mehta said they should move quickly on getting the independent evaluation done and said he was worried that Sorrell might go off her medication, which would lead to a different evaluation of her competency. Sorrell's defense said she was not on medication. Now, Sorrell Sorrell had been in a relationship with Stuart Rhodes, the founder of the Oath Keepers, who was convicted of seditious conspiracy in his own January 6th trial in 2022 and was sentenced to 18 years in prison, one of the longest sentences of any capital attack defendant. The government has highlighted their personal relationship at trial, arguing that Sorrell did not do any legal work for the organization until after the attack on January 6th, when she took possession of Rhodes' cell phone and, according to prosecutors, sent messages in his name. A judge ruled their texts were not were not protected by attorney-client privilege. After Trump's election loss, Sorrell was in touch with Andrew Giuliani, that's Rudy's kid, about alleged election issues. Sorrell recorded a video of a man in Detroit removing a box from a white van, she said they were ballots, and placing them in a red wagon. Eric Trump, Donald Trump's son, posted the video, linking to an article suggesting the video showed some sort of election fraud. In fact, the man was a news photographer who was wheeling in media equipment, not ballots. A follow-up hearing in Sorrell's case was scheduled for 2 p.m. March 8th. She faces four charges, conspiracy to obstruct an official proceeding, obstructing an official proceeding, entering and remaining on restricted grounds, and obstruction of justice for allegedly inducing the Oath Keepers to delete their records. 
All right, AG, thank you. Next up from Troy Matthews at MTN. The American Federation of Government Employees, otherwise the AFGE, the national president, Everett Kelly, told members at a conference Monday that re-electing President Biden is a, quote, critical priority for their union. Kelly told the gathering that Biden had stepped up to the plate for American labor. The AFGE, which represents nonpartisan federal civil service workers, endorsed Biden in a statement in June of 2023 after Biden overwhelmingly won a presidential preference poll of their members. AFGE leadership says 30 percent of their membership are Republicans. Quote, during his first term, President Biden has proven himself to be the most labor friendly president in our lifetime. That's what Kelly said in a statement. I sure hope there's an ad playing all over the place for this, by the way. Went on to say the results of our endorsement process show that he is overwhelmingly choice for AFGE members. It's not hard to see why. Quote, Joe Biden has stood up for the working people who serve our government with honor and distinction across the country and helped restore our apolitical civil service after years of vicious attacks. AFGE leadership have decry the toll that constant threats of government shutdowns has taken on federal employees, as well as the attacks and scapegoating against their members from the right. Quote, at this point, it's impossible to know what Congress is going to do. That's what Kelly told the gathering. Donald Trump has made it clear his plan would be to call the federal workforce of nonpartisan civil service workers. Trump issued an executive order at the end of his presidency relegating nonpartisan federal workers to Schedule F status, essentially making them at-will employees and easy to fire. Biden repealed Trump's order. Good for you. The relegation was an attempt by Trump to replace the nonpartisan workforce with Trump loyalists. Trump has made it clear his priority upon return to office would be to reinstate Schedule F and declare war on civil servants in the name of fighting the, quote, deep state. Trump poses an existential threat to workers who make the federal government function, including providing access to needed services for millions of Americans. Kelly told his members that Trump was pursuing, quote, the end of us. Kelly said AFGE members would be campaigning for Democrats in congressional swing districts to stop Republicans from using government shutdowns and the holding of federal employee livelihoods hostage to push their right wing propaganda agenda. Now, AFGE represents 750,000 federal employees, so it would be absolutely (laughs) lovely if every single one of them got out and voted and took someone with them. Well, it's a big-ass union. I was a nonpartisan civil servant and a member of the AFGE before I was removed, before he even passed Schedule F. So, hmm. yeah, I think it is critical that Joe Biden wins this election for union workers. All right, good for them for speaking up. Next, from Kathleen Culleton at Raw Story, former President Trump, often complains. <laughs> we can just end the story there. <laughs> <laughs> He often complains that the massive legal team he's assembled to bring him through four criminal and two civil cases are overpaid, according to a new report. He, of course, he bitches about NATO allies paying, right? He's like, they don't pay their bills? Mm -hmm. That you know, and then Russia, do whatever the hell you want. Like, like, like he pays any of his bills. Some of Trump's Trump's lawyers were told not to charge any more than $750 per hour after his political advisors blanched at their bills. That's according to the Washington Post on Monday. 
Their demanding client is loath to take advice and bad news from his cases. Sometimes it spurs him to change his story, according to sources. Quote, that's the biggest issue of representing Donald Trump, said a person who's worked with Trump in the past. It's impossible to get him to agree to a unified set of facts. Not only are these attorneys faced with the unprecedented situation of having a former president as a client, they're also trying to work with one on the campaign trail. Uh, this frequently proves a problem when Trump takes his political rhetoric to Truth Social without consulting his legal team. They read his angry screeds with the public. <laughs> <laughs> Quote, Trump posts on social media without telling anyone, <laughs> leaving his advisors and lawyers to read his missives as, at the same time as the public That's does. That's kind of magical. Mm -hmm. That's hysterical. Yeah, super magical. He, so he wants to cap him at $7.50 an hour. Hmm. Unbelievable. Okay, last in this section, this is from Burke at NBC, a Texas attorney who pleaded guilty to slipping abortion medication into his pregnant wife's drinks, was sentenced to 180 days in jail. Catherine Herring, the estranged wife of Mason Herring, told a Harris County court Wednesday that the sentence was not strict enough. Their now one-year-old daughter has developmental delays and attends therapy eight times a week. Quote, I do not believe that 180 days is justice for attempting to kill your child seven separate times, she said, according to the Associated Press. Mason Herring, 39, is accused of drugging drinks he gave to his wife of 11 years after learning in 2022 that she was pregnant with their third child. A complaint states that at the time the pair was separated but had agreed to attend couples counseling. Catherine Herring told police that during a counseling session in March of 2022, she told her husband about the pregnancy and he, quote, had a negative reaction. And after that evening, he sent her text messages expressing that he was not happy about the pregnancy and did not know what to do. This is all what the complaint said. He allegedly told her that the pregnancy, quote, would run, ruin his plans and make him look like a jerk. Their counselor suggested that the two spend spring break together, according to the complaint. Catherine Herring told authorities that her husband began to talk to her about her hydration and how she needed to drink more water. This is what the complaint said. On March 17, 2022, he brought her breakfast and water and said he would not leave until she drank the whole cup. Now, Catherine Herring said that she noticed the water looked cloudy, but her husband said it was because the cup or pipes were dirty. Again, all in the complaint. After drinking the water, she became severely ill and experienced cramping. When she began to bleed, Catherine Herring said she went to the emergency room. Now, suspecting that her husband was trying to poison her, Catherine Herring said she set up cameras around her home. She told police that on six other occasions, he gave her beverages mixed with abortion medication, but she did not drink them. She also gave authorities video that showed Mason Herring mixing a substance into her drink and throwing away trash from his car. That's in the complaint. She told authorities that she went through the discarded trash and found packaging for a medication that contained misoprestol, which is used to induce abortions. Mason Herring, who was a Houston attorney, according to the AP, was initially charged with felony assault to induce abortion. He accepted a plea agreement on charges of injury to the child and assault of a pregnant person. In addition to 180 days in jail, a judge ordered him to 10 years of probation and barred him from having contact with his estranged wife and one-year-old daughter. His attorney, Dan Kodgdell, said the sentence was reasonable. Quote, 
It's a sad situation, and Mason has accepted his responsibility, Codgell told the court, the AP reported. Now, in Texas, if a woman were to have gotten an abortion, she would have served jail time if far any Republican far more far than more than far more than 180 days. This is just insane. This whole thing is insane to me. Yeah, that's um, terrible. All right. Um, after that, we definitely need some good news. Please, send Ooh, your, yes, please, please send your good news to us at dailybeanspod.com. Click on contact. Uh, we have to take a quick break, but we'll be right back. Stick around. Welcome to another round of Drawing Board or Miro Board. Today we discuss technical diagramming with systems architect Maya. Let's go. First question. You've spent 10 hours slogging over a sequence diagram that should have taken five. Drawing Board or Miro Board? Drawing Board. And if I'm being honest, Miro would probably cut that time down by half. You know, with its AI tools and ready-to-go templates. Next, your diagrams become so bulky, it's more complex than the solar system. But all it takes is a few clicks and... It's Miro. I've used those technical shape packs way too many times. And stuff is just digestible on its infinite online canvas. Now, the final question. Everyone's brought in. But you have to make all these tasks all the way over in Jira. But wait, it's done. Is it... Miro, easy with its two-way Jira sync. Easy to plot dependencies. Everyone always knows what's up. And she's done it. Join over 60 million people creating technical diagrams without workflow glitches. Get your first three boards for free at Miro.com. That's M-I-R-O.com. Everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Good news, everyone. Then good news, everyone. Good news. Good news. And if you have any good news, confessions, corrections, Murfreesboro corrections, Murfreesboro. <laughs> I think I finally got it. Uh, if you uh, have, I uh, think you did too. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. I've been practicing in the mirror. Um, <laughs> if you say it three times fast, <laughs> Phil Williams appears. Amazing. Um, it's pretty great. Uh, <laughs> so uh, let's see. Confessions, corrections. If you have a shout out to a loved one, uh, an adoptable pet in your area, if you can't pay pod pet tax, if you want to send us your theses or dissertation titles, your good news about a VA healthcare that you've gotten or student debt relief, or if you have whoopee stories, stuffed animal stories, frog orgies, baby pictures, anything at all, what the fuck is in your arc, send it to us, dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. And if this is your first, somehow your first episode of the Daily Beans, what the fark is in your arc uh, is the shortened version of opine on the bovine, what the hequine, what the mutt, cat me if you can, what the hell is in that shell, and what's the model of your oxalotl. We basically just guess animals <laughs> at this point. Or um, <laughs> be assured it's that bird, uh, I think is is another one. Um, so anyway, send them to us. Dailybeanspod.com. Click on contact. Uh, first, a, a production note. Thank you to the listeners who let us know that a certain garbage, transphobic, misogynist a-hole was advertising their upcoming tour on this podcast. It's kind of funny how far they missed their target audience by advertising to y'all. But we've exercised a little bit of control that we have over those random ads um, that you hear to make sure that they won't show up again. If you hear a gross ad... Because they come in bundles of categories, right? We just we put them on the platform. The platform decides, and we can we can go after specific URLs if we know what city, date, 
time and the URL of the thing that's being advertised is, we can have it specifically removed from our arsenal of ads. Oh, wow. Um, so if you hear something gross, send it to us, dailybeanspod.com, click on contact and just let us know the, that information and, and the URL of the ad you heard, and we will make sure that we have them removed. So yeah, garbage transphobic misogynist, fuck off forever. Uh, all right. First up from Tiffany, pronoun she and they. Hello, legume leaders, including all the back office staff at MSW Media. You rock. I'm writing today to share a cool volunteer opportunity with all the Beanie Babies for Wednesday. That's today. It's Douglas Day. American scholar, public intellectual, and freedom fighter Frederick Douglass never knew his birthday and opted to celebrate it on February 14th every year. To honor his legacy, the good folks at DouglasDay.org are organizing a 24-hour transcribathon where people all over the world can join the virtual project and transcribe all 8,000 plus pages of his written work in one day. No transcription experience is necessary. You can join for a little bit or a lot, and it's a great small action to take in observance of Black History Month in the United States. Details are at Douglas Day. Remember, there's two S's in Douglas, douglasday.org. In lieu of pet tax, since you have seen my babies before, here's Beulah, a 66-pound beauty available in Los Angeles, California. The rescue says she's a snuggly lady looking for someone to treat her like the princess that she is. Let's Aww. get her a forever home. Then we'll have a link in the show notes where you can see her pictures and apply to adopt her. And look at the baby pity. So cute. Oh, hi, Beulah. What an adorable sweetheart. <laughs> this next photo. Oh, my God. This is from Dondi. No <laughs> pronouns given. This is Pinky. He was a feral kitten adopted 10 years ago from the pound. Pinky is a bottomless pit of desperation for affection and lap time. It takes a village to keep Pinky satisfied. I'm sending pics because that sweet face is nothing but good news. He's a flame point Siamese. Oh, I love flame points. I had a flame he point is... in dipstick and he was rad. It's actually a very beautiful cat. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Dondi. All right. Next up from Anonymous. Hello, ladies of the legume. Although this is way out of character for me, I need to send a shout out to my daughter for recently being recognized on the International Day of Women and Girls in Science. She is a USGS fish biologist with the Midwest Climate Adaption Science Center and is one of five amazing scientists featured by USGS. She is early in her career, but is a flat-out rock star and has made significant research findings in the threat that Asian carp pose to the Great Lakes and the effect of climate change on recreational fisheries in the United States. Some of her current work focuses on helping indigenous communities adapt to dwindling fish populations that are relied on both culturally and for sustenance. She's also working with rural communities in Thailand on ways to help them similarly adapt to the dramatic change Chinese dams have had on the Mekong River. On top of all that, she is incredibly fun and kind, like all scientists. Thanks for letting me brag and for the community that you've built. I think we all feel a little safer and saner knowing that we're not alone in this shit show of a world. For tax, I've included pictures of my tripod tricolor buddy, Lolly. Is it Lolly? Had a rough start in life, but is now 10 pounds of pure love and confidence. Not much of a challenge guessing her breed, but feel free to if you want a confidence boost. And this King Charles Spaniel. Oh, so is sweet. Adorable. Oh, 
She is adorable. Thank you so much for that. Okay, this one's from Mary, pronouns she and her. I want to tell you about a woman-owned small business in Fort Collins, Colorado called She's Fly. Dylan started the business after her husband died suddenly, and she and her business partner, Emily, teach women to fly fish, as well as sell merchandise made for women by women. They also have women-only fly fishing retreats that include yoga and hot springs. I met Dylan's mother recently and wanted to give a shout out to these amazing women for the difference they're making. Their website is She's Fly, which is fucking brilliant. <laughs> She's Fly.com. For my pod pet tax, here's a photo of Li- Lily, a donkey we met on our recent trip to Ireland. She was a real <laughs> sweetheart. Thanks for all you do. Oh, an Irish donkey. Lily oh, looks adorable. Guy. She's Fly. That's not great. Ladies, anyone wants to go fly fishing with the ladies, that's your website. Dude, I love that. That's so cool. She's. You're, I, what are the chances you'd run into Rachel Maddow on that trip? I know she's she fishes a lot. <laughs> really? Yeah, she loves fishing. Have you ever seen her? Like they, she'll be out of town and she'll come back with like photos of her, uh, like with the holding the giant fish. It's amazing. <laughs> she's fly.com. And a donkey. That's so great. Next up from anonymous, no pronouns. Hi, legumish ladies. Please meet Potsy. She was given to me the day I was born by my dad's best friend, which means she's about to join AG at the half century mark shortly. Since once uh, she once had hair, but it was quote unquote lost, maybe ingested when I was teething. She also once had hands, but they were gnawed off by a beloved and long departed canine buddy and repaired inexpertly by my mom. So for her first two years, she was known as Baby. I was a huge fan of Happy Days as a kid and apparently wanted to name her Fonzie, but my toddler (laughs) speech was unintelligible and my parents started calling her Potsy and it stuck. Long past the days when the rest of my childhood toys had been donated to others, Potsy still has a place in my bedstand drawer. Please keep up your good work. Your pod is a spot of solidarity and joy in my storm of swing state chaos. <laughs> now listen, <laughs> anonymous. I I can imagine this is a very meaningful doll. However, comma, if I was staying the night at your place and I opened <laughs> the bedstand drawer and saw Potsy, I would run screaming out of the house. Um, I'm sure this is a really sweet doll for your heart. I just, dolls freak me out a little bit. And this one is definitely live some life. Bless her heart. Oh man. You know what? Speaking of running out of houses, you reminded me of a story I used to tell when I was a comedian. It's true story uh, about how I was spending the night at this guy's house. And, you know, we were in his room and I was like, Ooh, show me a sign. Like thinking to myself, is this the one? Is this the guy? Show me a sign, right? Well, as it turns out, Dana, he was a runner, right? Like he ran marathons and half marathons. And to motivate himself to go running in the morning, he had a huge sign above his bed that said, run. And so I look up, we're laying in bed and I look up, like, show me a sign that it says, Oh my run. God. <laughs> That's actually really funny. (laughs) So I ran. Uh, Anyway, thank you all for sending in your good news stories. We appreciate them so, 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 so much. And again, if you hear an ad that's fishy or fucky or stupid, just let us know the date, the time, and the city where where you heard it uh, at local time and also the URL if there's one uh, in in the ad. 
and then we can have it removed. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. Do you have any final thoughts before we get out of here today, Dana? No, I just, that's it. We're, we're good. Let's wrap it. <laughs> I hope everybody had a great Valentine's, Galentine's, bro, Valentine's Day. And uh, we appreciate you and we love you. You are our Valentine. So thank you so much, everybody. We'll be back in your ears tomorrow. Until then, please take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Take care of your mental health. Take care of your family. Vote blue over Q. And take everyone you know with you. And we will give you the results of New York 03 tomorrow. Until then, I've been AG. And I've been DG. Them's the beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for The Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants, and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com. MSW Media. Welcome to another round of Drawing Board or Miro Board. Today, we talk brainstorms with UX designer Brian. Let's go. First question. You thought you'd see everyone's idea in the team brainstorm, but you've got a grand total of one. Drawing Board or Miro Board? Drawing Board, right? Because in Miro, the team can add ideas now or later. And with Privacy Mode, we can keep them anonymous until they're good to share. Correct. Next, you need the best way to explain your idea, but all you have is a few sticky notes. Drawing board or Miro board? Drawing board, because, you know, in Miro, I could record videos, add text, images, links, and digital sticky notes, of course, present my thoughts the way I want. Right again! Now, you're looking for a past idea you thought was just genius. Only you could find... Oh, there it is. Drawing board or... Miro. Our finished and unfinished work lives in one place. And he's won. Join over 60 million people getting ideas noticed in Miro Brainstorms. Get your first three boards for free at Miro.com. That's M-I-R-O.com. Hi, this is John Cryer, and I am hosting a new seven-part true crime podcast called Lawyers, Guns, and Money that'll challenge everything you think you know about U.S. covert operations and presidential misconduct. From Jack Bryan, the director of American PSYOP, comes the incredible true story of John Mattis, a newly sworn in Miami public defender in the 1980s who has found himself completely in over his head. I step off the plane and there is a van with a couple guys with Uzis. And one of them in broken English said, welcome to Bogota, John. Mattis's first felony defendant has been arrested for having a machine gun and tells Mattis a dangerous secret. He was shipping arms into Central America on behalf of the CIA. As a first-time lawyer, I want to act like I know what I'm doing. But with the help of a Colombian drug smuggler... How much money the CIA raised by hitting up drug dealers? A lot of money, millions of dollars. An Alabama mercenary... They were prepared to die to the last man. I saw this in them. I saw the fire in their eyes. And they made me their war chief. And a newly elected senator, John Kerry. We are looking at allegations of drug running, gun smuggling, conspiracy to commit murder and murder itself. He'll fight to free his client. The judge said, show me in a courtroom how we were at war. Expose an illegal war being run by the White House. I mean, I wanted him involved, but I didn't want to be on record as doing it. And somehow stay alive in the process. I just escaped a kidnapping by the CIA in Costa Rica. This is Lawyers, Guns, and Money. So you have a man in an Armani suit standing on the bow of a boat 
with a rocket launcher and says, if I lose sight of you, I will launch. You will be vaporized. Available everywhere starting October 29th. Or get it ad-free and early starting October 22nd at lawyersgunsandmoney.supercast.com. There you'll find bonus episodes along with exclusive content. Subscribe now.